The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello, and welcome back to Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Avi Richmond. And I'm Ethan Gable. And this week, we're talking personality traits. Absolutely, and this is episode 54. Before we get started, how much weight did you put behind things like this, like horoscopes and, I don't know, things like that? So prior to filling out the tests, I put zero stock in them, and I will update my position as we go along, but yeah, I thought they were all fruity, specifically the horoscope realm. Uh, I did not put any stock or bearing in anything at all to deal with that. What about you? I feel like that's common. I I wholeheartedly, because I took the Myers-Briggs personality test a long time ago, probably my junior year of high school. So I'm already bought into this. Uh, so wholeheartedly believe in the personality tests. Now, the ones that are on Twitter where they're like, oh, if you're this, then you act like this. You know what I mean? The, like stock versions of these things. I don't like to look into, but I definitely like reading into most of it. Fair enough. And I I could see that knowing you, I could see that you would be a little more on board with those things. Well, because a lot of the argument is that all of these things can apply to anyone and the personality tests just scrape the surface enough for you to pick out things that relate to you. So like you can find truths in any of the categories. But I disagree. Like a lot of the descriptions of especially the 16 personalities are definitely not me. And they break it down into four categories so that you can you can actually know like, well, this is why I do this. And we'll definitely get into that. Some of the criticisms of these tests and where they work and where they don't work. And it'll be interesting. I'm excited to go through this. I'm also excited just personally for this podcast to see where Abby and I have some overlap. We get along really well. So I assume there's some overlap. Maybe it's complementary overlap. That doesn't make sense. Maybe it's complementary traits. But oh, like be, the fill in the gap, gap parts, like puzzle pieces. Definitely, because as I read and did some of these things, they're like, you'll get along best with this type of person. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's like we are the same, so we get along really well, or if we complement each other and we get along well, or maybe we're just completely in different camps and somehow we have forged this friendship. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm interested. Me too. Should we start off with the the horoscope stuff? Yeah, I feel like I feel like that because it's the least accurate. I think. Agreed. What horoscope sign were you born under? Aries. Okay, and I was born on the first day of Leo. Did That's you, what I thought. Did you take a, a horoscope test based on your personality? They put you in a category? Oh, no. Okay, I went ahead and did this, and it did not line up with my Interesting. birth symbol. Uh, I was said to be, based on this test, a Virgo, mm. which... To me, that doesn't mean a whole lot. It broke it down as to why it thought that. No, I think you act like a Leo. Okay. For you listeners here, this is what I found. With a Leo, which is what I was born as, the strengths are creative, passionate, generous, warm-hearted, cheerful, humorous. The weaknesses are arrogant, stubborn, self-centered, lazy, and inflexible. (laughs) Leos like theater, taking holidays, being admired, expensive things, bright colors, fun with friends, and they dislike being ignored, facing difficult reality, and not being treated like a king or queen, which... 
there are some things in there which I would say I fit with. I think I'm creative, but I don't know if I'm warm-hearted or cheerful. I don't think you're lazy either. I, I definitely don't try to be lazy. Stubborn I am. You're I can be, totally stubborn. I can be arrogant a little bit. I can see some of these in there. Uh, the likes and dislikes. I don't really like bright colors or th- uh, kind of <laughs> like theater, but uh, it wasn't perfect. Whereas the one that it said I most related to, the Virgo, the strengths were loyal, analytical, kind, hardworking, practical. I think I fit those better. Maybe not so kind, but definitely analytical, practical. Practical weaknesses or shyness, worry over critical of self and others, all work and no play. I definitely can fit some of those. Would you label yourself as shy? Uh, In my true innate self, yes. I think you're closed off. I don't think you're shy. I think you're closed off. Well, that could be fair. The Virgos like animals, healthy foods, books, nature, and cleanliness, and dislike rudeness, asking for help, and taking center stage, which Mm. I, I think... For what it's worth, I definitely relate more to this description of Virgo than Leo, but... Maybe you have like a Virgo moon or something. Is that a thing? I don't know what that means. Well, I'm not completely sure how it works or anything, but I'm an Aries. That's what I was born into, but I also have an Aries sun as well. So I'm not sure what all that means. Speaking of Aries, what is an Aries and do you feel... Or what are the traits of an Aries? And do you feel like you... I'm a class... I'm a typical Aries. Okay, so you represent it. Yeah. Okay, let's hear about it. So they're a fire sign, which means they're really fiery. So anything that they do is done wholeheartedly and very passionately. They're quickly interested and disinterested in things, which is definitely me. They want to be on all the time. They're impulsive. They're stubborn, attached, and sentimental, impatient, and creative. And you think that is a pretty good job? Would you Would you agree with that? Yes, there's definitely some truth <laughs> in that description and who you are as a person. I definitely think all of those are me. I'm so impulsive. I don't like sitting down and making plans. Plans stress me out. I'd rather just decide to do something and then go do it. I never stick to a task all the way through unless somebody's there pushing me so that goes to the quickly interested and disinterested. I'm definitely interested in things quickly too. Like I'll get on these binges of like little projects that I want to work on or something like that, that I get super interested. I'll YouTube it for like a week or two and then I'll move on. So that's me for sure. And I'm definitely impatient. Should we get into some blatant criticisms of the horoscope system? Did you wait, did you find anybody that like was a famous person that's a Leo? Oh, I did not even consider that. No. Do you have some famous people that are also under your sign? Yeah. So let me hear how you think I relate to these people. Van Gogh, Lady Gaga, Heath Ledger, and Jamie Lynn Spears. That's a very interesting list of people. I honestly don't know those people well enough to see if they fit you very well. (laughs) Jamie Lynn Spears is kind of funny. I recognize her. I mean, I recognize all of them, but I just don't know if you're like them, you know what I mean? I don't know, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Jamie Lynn Spears is Zoe from Zoe 101. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you are like Van Gogh. He was clearly artsy. I would say that you're artsy. Yeah, to an extent. My dad's a Leo. Do you feel that your dad and I are alike in any discernible yeah. way? Yeah, oh, really? your demeanor is a lot alike. Just the kind of quiet and chill until spoke to, I guess. And then definitely able to carry a conversation with a number of different types of people and things like that. Interesting. Well, even though we've made all these connections and we think they do represent us. Let's trash on it. We're going to trash on it. (laughs) I'm going to trash on it at least. Horoscopes and the idea of astrology 
has no scientific backing or evidence. It's complete and utter BS. And unfortunately, or fortunately, probably unfortunately, some people base their lives and their days on this kind of thing, which honestly can be a little dangerous. Also, since this is a millennial podcast, I accidentally ran across this fact, which just played right in. In 2014, the National Science Foundation did a poll and they found that more than half of millennials think astrology is a science. And astrology is not a science. Is it a pseudoscience? Yes, it's definitely a pseudoscience. Astronomy is a science. And unfortunately, people get those confused. Astronomy would be the study of the heavenly bodies and the planets and space. And astrology is the study of your place in the universe based on your birth sign. Well, I mean, you can put just as much stock in it as you put any other religion. It's just something to explain why you're here and what's happening and things like that. That's a great way to relate it. And I mean, that's where my problem with it lies is instead of filling these gaps of human understanding with religion or horoscopes, I think we should just admit that we don't know, but everyone does something different to each their own. So well, I talked about that on the religion podcast. Somebody, not somebody, everybody just needs, you know, a little safety, a nice blankie to make them feel understood. Something else with the idea of horoscopes and why they have uh, hung around so long. This person in that same study argued that even if astrology's answers aren't based on scientific study, the reason people keep turning to the sky does come down to something very real, a psychological phenomenon he calls the human tendency for self-selection, which is the search for interpretations that match what we already hope to be true. And that's kind of what you were hitting on. And that's what a lot of these things hit on as far as criticisms go. Humans look for things that they can relate to. So when they read a horoscope or they read their astrological sign, They're going to focus, they're going to pinpoint on things that they definitely relate to. And then through Mm. that, they're like, oh my goodness, this must be right. And that probably is why this has been so prevalent and has hung on until 2019 and will continue to hang on as we find little nuggets of truth in these things. We're like, okay, maybe they are accurate. Mm. So yeah, probably not something to base your life on, but I mean, horoscopes are kind of fun. I can see why people are interested in them. Yeah, but the ones that are like, this week, your love will run into a dark path. That's something that just turns into self-fulfilling prophecy. So when you read your horoscope and you're expecting your week to go however the sun and the stars tell you it's going to go, then you're probably going to live your life like that. It can, yeah. If you're incredibly gullible or susceptible, you can alter your life or like you said, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, I think of fortune cookies that are like, oh, you're going to make a wise investment this week. So if I buy into that, I'm going to be looking for opportunities to make a quote wise investment and maybe it's not, you know? And then you're going to be like, oh, my fortune cookie told me I was going to do this and now I did it. Exactly. And I'm just going to buy all of the fortune cookies <laughs> from now on so they can tell me how to dictate my life. For sure. And in all honesty, astrology and horoscopes are in that same bucket as fortune cookies. Yeah. So use them carefully, folks. Debunked. Let's move on to one that actually has some scientific backing. The what is known as the Myers-Briggs test, I believe, mm-hmm. which was created by a mother and daughter and... I think they were psychologists or something in that realm. And it is a test to determine your personality type. And there, Mm -hmm. like you said, are 16 types. We both went through this to figure out what we were. And I'll let Abby begin. Let's hear what Abby is out of these 16 personalities. Wait, hold on. First of all, a note about the 
personality test. So I was listening to a podcast about the Myers-Briggs test and it described it really aptly, I think. It said that this isn't necessarily who you are. It's like coding on top of programming. So it's how you process things, process new information and make your decisions and things like that. So this isn't necessarily telling you like who you are. It's just how you deal with things. So I liked that. Interesting. I will keep that in mind as we go through this. So Initially, when I first took this test, probably my junior year, I was an INFP slash T, and I was going to go with that. I took all my notes as the INFP, and I did all my podcast listening as that, and then I was like, you know, maybe I should just retake it. I haven't taken it in a long time, so I took it again, and now I am an ENFP slash T. So instead of being introverted, I am now considered an extrovert. That is interesting that you made the switch. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll get into the criticism on that particular aspect of the switching, but can you give me uh, a little description? So when you take this test, essentially five letters come back out, the four mm-hmm. main ones, and then this fifth one. And the first one is either an I or an E, right? Mm-hmm. Which is... So introversion or extroversion. Okay. And then can you tell me the rest of them? I don't know what the other, like the opposite ones are. Maybe okay. Maybe I can figure it out. It's The next one is intuition versus something. Yeah. I don't know what the other one is either. And then feeling versus thinking, prospecting versus... Judging. Judging, and turbulence versus assertiveness. Interesting. Okay, so I am, when I took this test, an INTJ. I knew it! Did you really? I didn't know the slash A, but I knew you were an INTJ. Interesting. So you have a pretty good control and understanding of this test then, if you can diagnose people. Okay. Yeah, apparently I'm introverted, intuitive, thinking, and judging with a dash assertive, which is known as the architect type of personality. And it told me a bunch of things about who I am. And for the most part, I kind of agreed with it. Do you feel that uh, when you took it the second time that it was like spot on to what you are? I think I'm a definitely a good mix between the two personality types. And I'm not surprised at all by that because I wouldn't necessarily categorize myself as either introverted or extroverted. I was actually only like at a 61 for extroversion. And so I'm right there on that line. So I don't know. I think that a lot of the descriptions definitely just hit me hard. It just came from my neck when it was talking about weaknesses and stuff like that. And so I really think they hit the nail on the head. All right, let's dig into this. I think last time you mentioned that you were part of a very small mm-hmm. percentage of the population. What was that? Both of them are. INFPs are 4% and ENFPs are 7%. INTJAs are apparently 2%. I don't know oh what my goodness. INTJ is in general. in general. Yeah. Is there like a massive group or are they all pretty low percentage? Clearly it would add up to 100, but do you know if there's like one personality type of the 16 that is heavier than the others? I don't know. We make up, what, 15%? So it's got to be spread around the other 16 personalities. So maybe they're all somewhat... Somewhat small. Yeah. I'll have to dig into that. I'm I'm intrigued to know if there's one aspect of the population that is more prevalent than the other, or a personality that is more popular than the others. Take the test and let us know what you are, listeners. Definitely. I would love to know. You can hit us up on our Facebook page with just series of four letters. and We'll we'll know what you're talking about. (laughs) Give me some strengths and weaknesses of your mm. personality type and whether they're true or not. As a as a very ENFP, I took my notes super scattered. So here's just some uh, bullet points of what I found out. Flighty, 
novelty, <laughs> embodiment, authentic, and effective. And I think flighty is very accurate. I don't know what's happening until it's happening. That's a good one. I struggle to uh, make decisions based on feelings or mistrust. So I want to go with my feelings, but then I mistrust people or my own feelings. And so I battle, I have a self battle a lot. I'd like to embrace emotion, but I don't want to seem unintelligent. Fair. I'm airy. I commit too quick to things. I fear hurting others. I'm a super empath. It talks a lot about being empathetic and both INFPs and ENFPs searching others out to solve their problems rather than just like listening. They want to make sure that the other person feels understood. And that's a characteristic that's very common. And you think you're like that? Yeah. Okay. It talked a lot about catering to different types of people, which I think I'd agree with that as well. I do that often. They're very FOMO prone. They're hopeful optimistics. They do what feels right instead of thinking through things. They just go with their gut a lot. They have a problem with feeling stuck and like the world isn't working for them. They often feel alone, but it's just because they don't feel understood. That was what the podcast talked about, how ENFPs often feel misunderstood because they're so complex and they don't like to let other people in they often don't feel like others understand them. So it's like a push-pull kind of thing. Like they want to be understood, but they're also not going to let other people in. Hold all those thoughts. I'll give a breakdown of mine and I have some questions for you when we come back with this. So as far as INTJs go, (laughs) INTJs are imaginative yet decisive, ambitious yet like their privacy and curious about everything but remain focused. Again, I don't buy too much into this stuff, but I would say those are decently accurate. They stand on logic and principles, Mm -hmm. traveling alone and accomplishing goals. I definitely do that. (laughs) I've traveled alone numerous times, and I like to accomplish goals for sure. The strengths are a strategic mind, confident, independent, open-minded, and a jack-of-all-trades. More or less, I'd say, fit those weaknesses. Again, here they are. Arrogant, judgmental, overly analytical, loathe, highly structured environments, and clueless in romance. I'd say <laughs> most of those are true. I don't know if I'm clueless in romance necessarily, but I do loathe highly structured environments. That is like my jam right there. So they were able to pick that out for sure. So not not a terrible description. See, I, like I feel like those a lot of those fit you, but they don't fit me. So it's at least able to distinguish between people, I mm-hmm. would say. I didn't look at this list and say, this is super wrong. I can see why people think this is legit, why this test works and whatnot. My question for you, did you do any reading on like what kind of mate you're supposed to have or what kind of friends? An INTJ. Oh, really? For, <laughs> yeah. a, for a mate? Look, INTJs or INFJs are perfect for matches. Interesting. So mine said the mate has to be intuitive as well and likely would have one or two balancing traits like being extroverted or prospecting. What did you say your letters were again? Extroversion, okay. intuition, feeling prospecting and turbulence okay so that would make sense so yeah that that lined up there so we were the puzzle pieces yeah we filled in the gaps for each other and that's why we get along so well. that's crazy that's so funny though it makes sense though if this is supposed to be true and has some relevance it works yeah so there you go some other things on the intj that i found interesting were quote friends as intellectual soulmates And it talked about like not having a ton of friends, but the ones that you do have are like really deep and you connect with them. And that's exactly what I have. Mm -hmm. I have like three people I can truly jam with and care about to talk to. So that made sense. 
Yeah, mine said a bunch of surface level friends. Do you think that's accurate yeah. with you? Well, there you go. <laughs> For the INTJ as well, they're armed with a powerful intellect and strategic thinking. Architects can overcome and outmaneuver obstacles that seem unbeatable to most. Their many quirks, such as often unconstrained rationalism, lead to many misunderstandings. And again, that was an area where I can be very rational and just to the point, and that can either make people mad or they just don't understand where I'm coming from. So... I don't know if I would base my life on this necessarily, but there were some accurate things in there. The test that you took, perfect or not, was able to flesh out some things about me for Mm -hmm. sure. So we'll give it credit there. Here are the criticisms of the test, and some of them are similar through all of these. What I found was that the Myers-Briggs doesn't hold a lot of validity because each time you do it, you can get some pretty drastic results. And the problem is how the questions are set up. It kind of measures where you're at on your personality or like you were talking about, not like your programming on top of Mm -hmm. that. It measures where you're at at that moment. So they've tested people Mm -hmm. that have just been broken up with or someone that just had their parents die. And it can be drastically different at those times, which ruins the validity of the test. That's interesting. Because at every moment, I mean, humans are always processing things. You're going to be a little different. So again, while there may be some true things here, Probably not the best idea to base major life choices on. Wouldn't that be more accurate? Because if you had just got broken up with, you're going to be making decisions differently and you're going to be leading your life differently anyways. True. And I guess if you operated under the assumption that your personality or whatever we're deeming this as is always changing and moving, and mm-hmm. um, then that would make sense that it changes. I think where the trouble comes and what these articles I was reading were cautioning against is things like, I'm going to decide to take a job in sales because one of these 16 tells me I'd be a good salesman, and they've tracked people doing this, and it doesn't work very well because it just in that particular moment, <laughs> yeah. uh, you were a INTJ or whatever, and then you go and try to fulfill that, and it may not be the best thing. Now, if you took the test a bunch of times and uh, you were always a whatever and Mm -hmm. you were for sure and then maybe went down that path, that would be different. But if you're taking it multiple times and it's changing, you clearly don't want to base big things in your life. I mean, that goes for like spouses even like, okay, uh, I need a... I'm only dating INFJs from here on Exactly. And you you think like, oh, I need to marry one of these people because that's what this test said. Again, probably not the best thing to do in practice. It's interesting. It can tell you a bit about yourself or... I mean, some of these sites are even now like trying to help you guide your life. Based yeah, they're on like it. self-help tips. Absolutely. Like, oh, you need to study more than the average bear because of this aspect of your personality or you need to whatever. It could, like, mm-hmm. goes from sleeping and eating to all kinds of things to like yeah, optimize said, your life. Mine said that I need to slow down a lot, that I can approach decisions from more of an introspective aspect and really just think things through and not make decisions just to have a decision made. And I was like, all right. Which sounds like some really good advice that would be the benefit of this test. If you had never considered that and you're like, oh my God, they're right. Gut mm-hmm. check. I should probably like slow down and make some better choices or think more about my choices. Not the worst thing, but again. So like don't actually make decisions according to these tests. Just like find it interesting. Definitely. Use them at, I don't want to say a surface level necessarily, but don't dive in hundred percent and think it's going to like give your life a path. Mm-hmm. That is not what these are for. You shouldn't look at it for in the future. You should look at it for in the past. Yeah. Or like a diagnostic you know I mean? tool yeah. of where you're at now even, yeah. but don't let it define you. And, and that's the same thing for astrology and horoscopes. If you let that try to dictate your life, 
mm-hmm. that's not a good way to go because now you're just at the mercy of whatever the horoscope says or whatever this test says. Yeah. I want to hit one more criticism of the Myers-Briggs or the 16 personalities, and you kind of hit on this too, but it's the idea that if you just give your four letters, it's kind of silly to think that personality runs on a binary structure mm-hmm. as far as like, I'm either an introvert or an extrovert, and you hit on it exactly how you flip from I to E because you're right there yeah. balancing the line. So again, if you're using this thing, you probably shouldn't think of it as, oh, I'm strictly an introvert. That may not be the case. You may be closer to extrovert than you think. And I don't know about you, but that test I took for the 16 personalities, it gave me my letters, but it also gave me where you're at. It mm-hmm. showed you like a, yeah. a continuum, which is exactly what this is saying. So again, if you're going to use Myers-Briggs, if you're going to put that in your Tinder profile, use it as a diagnostic. Don't let it necessarily define you. And pay attention to the continuum. You're For not sure. you're not black and white. It's an in-between. Absolutely. Humans are extremely complicated. And if we could encapsulate our existence in four letters, uh, life would be a lot easier. But it's just <laughs> not like that. That's not how this works. Fair. We did one more test. I don't know how much weight I'd put behind this one. The last test? Yeah. yeah. I think the last test may be even more bunk than horoscope. Actually, no. It's not more bunk than horoscopes because you actually answer questions. But this one was hard for me to fill out. And the one we're talking about is the color yeah, test. If you know what the color test is, it is a test that pretty much drops you into either one of four colors. And that color supposedly describes what type of person mm-hmm. you are. And I'm excited to hear your color, Abby. What? I think you're a gold, first of all. I'm a blue. Okay. I was not a gold. I was a red. Interesting. Am I right that there are only four? Uh-huh. Okay. So it's red, gold, blue. And orange. And orange. Okay. Before we get into this, what was gold? I don't know. Okay, but you just felt I should be gold? I don't know what a lot of the um, descriptions are, but we got separated, like I was talking at camp, into our four groups one time, and a lot of the golds remind me of your personality. I see. I'm not saying I'm not a gold. I had incredible difficulty filling these questions Yeah, they're hard. So how this test works is you're supposed to remember when you were a child Mm -hmm. at childhood and they were giving you basically two adjectives and you had to pick the one that reflected you the most. Am I correct in that or have I I thought there were four adjectives. I think there are four. There's like a list of words. Right, and you're... Oh, there's different sections. That's why. Okay, so the first the first section of the test, they give you four adjectives, and you have to pick which one describes you most. And then the second part of the test, you have to think like a child, like he was saying. And you have to pick... Are they adjectives, or are they like... I, they were some sort of descriptor. Yeah. And that was the one I was having a hard time with, because some of them forced you to pick things that may not have even been remotely true about mm. who you were at that time. They were things like disobeyed everyone or like extremely happy or like extremely empathetic and all this stuff. And I felt a lot of times I was like in the middle of that. Or oh, they yeah, would they all gave be- you a scenario. They were like, if you were on the playground and the child fell down, how would you feel? Right. And every time I read that, I was like, oh man, 13-year-old or 7-year-old me didn't fit any of these. Like, yeah. they would all be really empathetic or all really cruel. And I'm like, Kick the dirt at him or, or pick him up and carry him in your two arms to the nursery. Exactly. Yeah. And I know it's one of those things where they can't put every possible thing that someone could select or feeling that someone would have, but at no point did I really feel comfortable clicking anything. And maybe that's the point, mm. but I, it wasn't like how Myers-Briggs is set up or any of these other tests on Likert scales where you're like, oh, I feel an eight on this or a six on this. It was just way too specific. And somehow by doing that, it put me into 
red. Well, now that we've trashed on that, tell me about what it said about you. About blue. So the key phrase for being a blue, the four colors test, is intimacy, which is a common theme on all of the other tests for me as well, Aries and INFP. They are dependable, thoughtful, and analytical, but they are worry-prone and moody. They seek to genuinely connect with others. They seek to understand and be understood. They hold to a personal code of ethics and expect others to be honest and intentional, and they want to contribute to everything that they can, to as many things as they can. Accurate, you feel? Accurate for sure. Oh, the the personal code of ethics and the honesty one. So I wrote down just like the paraphrasing of that. But what they were saying is that they go into relationships and friendships and things like that, just assuming that the other person is going to be honest and intentional and that they believe the best in others. And that's how they lead their lives. And then once the other person does anything to like negate that or make them think something different, then it's stuck. It's really hard to get back the person's trust, I guess, which I think is kind of fair. But at the same time, like I give a lot of second chances to friends and boyfriends. And so I don't know how I feel about that one. But you think there is some kernel of Mm -hmm. at least it triggered you to the point of like, oh, maybe. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of commonalities in all three of the things that we did today. So I think that's another interesting note. I did find a lot of overlap between the three as well. For a red, which I supposedly am, I'm motivated by power. That's my buzzword or key phrase there. Power? Power, yeah. So they seek productivity and need to look good to others. Simply Mm. stated, reds want it their own way, which (laughs) my key phrase in life is I do what I want. Yeah. I I can kind of see that. (laughs) They like to be in the driver's seat and willing to pay the price to be in a leadership role. Reds value whatever gets them ahead in life, whether it be their career, school endeavors, or personal life. What Reds value, they get done. They're often workaholics. They will, however, resist doing anything that doesn't interest them. Mm -hmm. Again, that's pretty close. Reds like to be right. They value approval from others for their intelligence and practical approach to life and want to be respected for it. Reds are confident, proactive, and visionary, but can also be arrogant, selfish, and insensitive, which this is like the third test that has told me I'm arrogant and selfish. When you deal with a Red, be precise, factual, and direct, and show no fear. Makes me sound like an animal or something. But I think that's really accurate. Again, there are pieces of that which have either popped up numerous times or I can look at and say, yeah, it's close for sure. Especially in the classroom, the kids that show no fear of scary Mr. Gable and just, you know, try to get along with you anyways. Those are the kids that usually get along with. Definitely. Those are the ones I like. Yeah. The ones that are timid are the ones I don't get along with as well, for sure. So you've, you've got a point to there. And I think that you're definitely someone who goes after what they want, regardless of the steps to get there. Definitely. I'm extremely goal oriented, even if it's not a popular type of deal. Mm-hmm. I will make it happen and do it or I'll say something and put that opinion out there. Yeah. I, I never thought of it as a like a power thing or issue, but maybe it is. I don't think I necessarily see you as power hungry either. I think a lot of it is just wanting what you want regardless of the status quo. And sometimes that leads to a power struggle because whoever's in power might not necessarily have the same ideas. That is a very good interpretation of that. I can agree with that. Yeah. Whereas the power hungry, definitely not. All right, so a criticism on the color test, and I do agree with this criticism, and this is, besides astrology, this was the harsher of the two actual tests as far as the criticism. This test is incredibly susceptible to what is known as the Barnum effect. 
And that's a common psychological phenomenon whereby individuals give high accuracy ratings to descriptions of their personality that supposedly are tailored specifically to them that are in fact vague and general enough to apply to a wide range of people, which you hit before as well. Mm -hmm. But that's the problem. And this is why Myers-Briggs would be a little better is you are putting the entire populace. Yeah. Humanity in general into one of four boxes based on a color. And it is not accurate to think that people are distinctly boxed in those colors. Well, I'm a I'm a blue orange. Oh, so you have a couple colors. Yeah. Like it wasn't an exact tie, but when I took it on paper, it said that if you're between two points or whatever, that you're both colors. And so I was a blue orange. Interesting. So that does give you some more play and accuracy mm-hmm. if you're able to be two colors. But then I feel like it degrades the test because now I am two colors, but I'm only not two other colors right and if you can be two colors isn't there some scenario where you could be smack dab in the middle yeah and be four colors and that's the barnum effect is we read these descriptions and we're like oh yeah those are yeah absolutely but they're just vague enough where Mm -hmm. almost anyone could read any number of colors and be like "Mm, yeah i kind of fit that and that's where again this idea of if you start basing your life on these things and making decisions on these things that may not be the best yeah option don't base your life off yeah just use them for what they are You can use them for grouping techniques. You can use them to learn about where you are, but don't extend it to making bad decisions. This was a great episode idea, Abby. I actually had fun doing these after going 29 years of being like, that's stupid. I kind of enjoyed this. Oh, good. It's a fun little break. It is. It is from the serious, serious world we live in. (laughs) Uh, Anything else, Abby? I don't think so. I think just... I want to leave with a note of these things can be fun, but don't let them dictate your life like we've been saying. And also don't be super harsh on the people that choose to do so, because if that's what they need to to make their decisions or to feel comforted or things like that, then that's their prerogative, I guess. To each their own. Yeah, for sure. All right, Abs, you got a song pick of the week for us? I do. It's called Boys Will Be Bugs by Cave Town. Man, you were ready to go with that. Yeah. What kind of bop is that? It's kind of like, oh, it kind of sounds like Never Shall Never. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's really good. My song pick of the week is a song called I See You by Missio, I believe is the band. It's a pop duo. Uh, it's described as a pop duo. It's definitely on alternative radio, but it's it's good. How do you spell that? M-I-S-S-I-O, Missio. Hmm. I also just finished a playlist called Fishbowl Shenanigans. Uh, DM me if you want to listen to that. It's a banger. So, sounds great. <laughs> all right, folks. I'd like to thank you all for checking out Two Millennials One Podcast again this time. If you have yet to subscribe, but for some reason you're listening to this, please subscribe so you don't miss any of the shows. We're still available on every major podcasting app. And I still have two t-shirts from our t-shirt giveaway 400 years ago if you would like one i'm sitting here looking at them just let me know i will happily give you one or if you can think of a number between one and ten that i'm thinking of right now you can have both of them love it dm abby your number between one through ten first one with the correct number gets two t-shirts one's an extra large so you can wear it as a dress (laughs) cute have a great week folks we'll see you next time